welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm letting him come back. Court Winsett's in the house. How kind of her to let me come back. <laughs> Sound a little bit more excited, why don't you? <laughs> and there's the opening bell. Okay, so today we're going to talk about retirement. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into retirement. So back in the old days, you think about retirement and a lot of people, life expectancy was between 26 and 40. That's really depressing. So we hear the number 65. 65 is a big deal in retirement. A lot of people think about that number, but do you really know why people talk about 65? I don't know why. So let's go back, go back all the way to 1880. Mm -hmm. This is where it originated from the Iron Chancellor, Otto von Bismarck of Germany. He introduced a social security system to appeal to the German working class. German workers typically never met 65, but this is the number that Otto set. And so he knew that people rarely met this age, and those that lived past it only lived for a little bit. So the U.S. ended up passing Social Security many moons later in 1935, more than 55 years after Germany made it, and the average life expectancy for Americans was around 61.7. So still, we're saying 65 was retirement, and people were only living to... 61, 62. So basically, our our our, our, the, our leaders were jaded and thought to themselves, well, sure, we'll give you some retirement if you can live that long. <laughs> yeah. Work until you die, folks. Yeah, I mean, now you think about it, it's, you know, 65. So, oh, that's, uh, we, we have a break. That's when we get to retire and dream of our things. But back then, it was really, are you going to make it to that age? What changed? Why are people living longer? Medicine. Huh? Medicine. Yes. Innovation. It has changed so much with technology, having all these tests to make sure that we're in the best health possible. So naturally, it makes sense. We want to talk about some of our favorite celebrities that thankfully to innovation have made it past 65. So who were our favorite top five celebrities? I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. I Googled, I mean, you know, I Googled who are the who are the celebrities that are over the age of 65? And Google spit back a list of, you know, the top 100 over mm-hmm. 65 or some nonsense like that. So we were able to pare it down to 50. And then we had to fight over the 50, <laughs> uh, out of the 50, who we wanted we in really our top We really had a draft five. picking yeah, who, get, I mean, who got who. <laughs> so it's, it's really, when you when you get down to it, the, it's ridiculous how many, how many stars, how many celebrities are now 65 years of age or older. It's kind of crazy. We're very thankful for innovation that these people are in our lives. So let's start it off with our top five celebrities over 65. I'll start with my number one, John Travolta, Grease Lightning from the movie Grease. Mr. Saturday Night Fever, I mean, John Travolta with his dance moves, maybe that's what's keeping him alive, is he's just boogieing down every night. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be any number of things. It could certainly be that. It could be maybe some some plastic surgery. Uh, who knows? Scientology could be kicking in there. <laughs> oh, we, we've got no clue what's keeping the man alive, but obviously he's uh, he's looking young and, and thriving. Well, so I want to flippity-flop this stuff around, and I want us to go back and forth. So, Court, what's your number one? Well, you, you can't just throw that on me like that. I, I, have, to, I, have, to, I have to have time to, to, to consider your list, mull it over. Come up with some uh, some feedback and then uh, arrange my list accordingly. And now you're just throwing me in there. Well, the time you spent complaining, you could fire. have been thinking. So let's go. Number one. How do you know that I wasn't complaining so that I could gather my thoughts? Okay, maybe. Let's hear it. My number one, a number 
one top actor or actress over the age of 65 because she's over the age of 65 and she's probably our greatest actress living is uh, obviously Meryl Streep. Oh, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I do have to throw out, there was a couple that wanted, I wanted them to make the list, but they didn't, but it ties into Meryl. Mm-hmm. First Wives Club, Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn's an actress and she's got a trophy and they're all like, oh, well, the trophy really should say, I beat Meryl. <laughs> so I've got a Goldie Hawn story. You want to hear it? Oh, Lordy Cam. Okay. So a few years ago, David and I went to the Oscars. Yes, Katie. I'm getting mm. that side eye from her. Anyways, we, uh, we got to walk the red carpet. Well, with the celebrities, which was incredible. So we went to the show, watched it. It was a blast. And on the way back on the red carpet, they had these um, heaters, these tall heaters. And so while David and I were waiting for our car to arrive, we were sitting under one, warming up. And up walks Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, and they share the heater with us. It's jealous. I'd like to think that I was like super talkative with her and became best friends, but I didn't want to say the wrong thing. So I was super quiet. But I grew up on um, Overboard. Have oh, y'all seen that? Great, great Absolutely. movie. Yeah. It's incredible. My wife still to this day makes me watch it on a regular basis. Overboard, uh, House Sitter, any number mm-hmm. of Goldie Hawn movies. And then we went right into Kate Hudson movies. So like, oh, yeah. like graduated to Goldie Hawn's daughter. I mean, it just it's crazy. Yeah, good movie. Okay, my number two would be Kevin Costner. I, I mean, come on. Kevin Costner, everything he's done is amazing. Just great sports movies with, you know, Field of Dreams, For the Love of the Game, and then you go into, like, Robin Hood, and just... I'm so just going to throw one at you, just just to for, for giggles. Okay. The Postman. Oh. That was not a great movie. I don't think I've seen that one. No, it was not good. That's probably why I hadn't seen it, because I don't want to be, like, my vision tainted of <laughs> Kevin Costner being bad. Well, the, I've said before, one of my favorite westerns of all time is a, a movie called Silverado, and it was... Uh, Kevin Costner was in that movie, and was a very, very young Kevin Costner in that movie. And uh, and I thought he was hilarious in that movie. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of movies that he's done since then, he... Hasn't played the wacky, crazy, funny, silly guy that he played in that movie. A lot of times he plays a, a much more somber, subdued type mm-hmm. character. But in that movie, he was just off the wall crazy. And it was it was pretty funny. It was amusing, at least to a... I don't know when it came out, but we'll say I was 10 or 15 or something. And it, it amused me at that age. Have you all seen Yellowstone? I haven't. It's on my list. Oh, it's good. It's it's soap opera-y, but it's, it's solid. Okay. I'll check it out. What is your number two? My life's narrator... Morgan Freeman. Everybody needs a narrator for their life and mine. I call him. It's Morgan Freeman. Enough said. Okay, my next one is Bruce Willis. Yes, of course. (laughs) I mean, Bruce Willis, everything he's done has been awesome. Um, I know you are a big Die Hard fan. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, I watched Bruce Willis when he got his start. Well, I don't know if it was his actual start 100% the first thing he ever did but the first thing I ever saw him in was a TV show with Civil Shepherd called Moonlighting oh yeah and uh, that was the first thing I saw him in and I loved him in that I thought he was hilarious in that yeah see I fell in love with him in Armageddon that's one of my favorite movies and so, wanna close my eyes. yeah the soundtrack with Aerosmith and then Liv Tyler being in there which is Steven Tyler's daughter and just oh great movie okay what's your next one um okay so Next, I'm going to say Ted Danson, um, just because he's 
super, super, by all accounts, a really, really super nice guy. He was in one of my favorite series of all time. That would be Cheers. He was in another one of my favorite series of all time. That would be The Good Place. Three Men and a Baby and oh, Three yeah. Men and a Little Lady. Those, oh, I grew up on those. Yeah, his 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 movie career never really took off the way I think he probably hoped it would. But he's had some really, really just solid, solid TV shows. He's got nothing to be ashamed of. Well, I think the new generation is finding out about him because of The Good Place. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I actually saw him in the Nashville airport, uh, him and his wife. And he's he was a good guy because he was carrying all Mary the baggage. Mary Steenburgen. Yes, Mary. Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, and she's... She's they 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 are the sort of the my favorite type of Hollywood couple, and that is the type that has been just solid and together forever. Very very quietly, just sort of solid. Like a Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn. Yeah, yeah. Except they're not married. No, but it um, it still doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, my next one would be Richard Gere. Mm. Pretty woman, fell in love with him, Gigolo. and then <laughs> Runaway Bride. <laughs> American Chicklet. <laughs> no, Pretty Woman definitely is where I fell in love with him. That was my favorite movie as a kid. I didn't really understand that she was a prostitute. Mm. And I still joke to this day the whole scene where she's got her leather boots and she's pulling what are condoms out of her boot. I didn't really understand. I thought it was maybe bubblegum. And then when she pulls the gold coin out, I thought, oh, she's got a chocolate gold coin in her boot. I hope mm. it doesn't melt. Yep. Oh, no, that was a condom. Yes, well. Whoops. Um, yeah, no, well, again, one of my favorite movies is uh, of all time that I quote regularly is Officer and a Gentleman. And, uh, yeah, it's you going. Know, that was the first thing I ever saw him in. So, him and Deborah Winger, <laughs> Lewis Gossett Jr. That was a good cast. It was a good movie. Anyway, moving on. Uh, my next one is, I guess this would be my number four, is Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, come on. Snakes on a yeah. plane. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> bleep, bleep. <laughs> Y'all realize this list is basically the cast of Pulp Fiction right now? <laughs> We've got John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, well, Uma Thurman's not up there yet. She's not 65 yet. Uh, my last one would be Mrs. Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. It's She has touched so many people's lives. And I swear this woman, she she has aged. She has gotten older, but she's gotten more mature. But she still is very talented, very relevant, and just that epitome of a Disney starlet Early on in our Bullcast days, we would sing several songs from Sound of Music and from King and I that were Julie Andrews songs. So I feel like she's a big part of our podcast. That's uh, okay. So here is my here is my last one, and let me talk to you for a minute about a Disney star, all around talent, just nice, super super nice guy. Again, by all accounts. Dances, sings, an entertainer, the epitome of an entertainer, who was also in a lot of those same early Disney movies like... Are like you going where I Andrews think you're going? going? That would be Dick Van Dyke. Yes! Anybody who does not love Dick Van Dyke is... is is They, they have a serious uh, gap where their heart should be. I mean, the man is just... Like I said, super, super nice, amazing talent. If you can't, if you watch one of his movies and you're not smiling watching him in one of his movies, then there's something, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. There just, there just is. I mean, his dancing and he oh, even yeah. recently in the past several years, I think did redid Step in Time from Mary Poppins and was just flawless. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched, uh, I watched uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the other night and uh, some of the stuff that he does in that, it's just like, oh my gosh, this guy, he was just crazy good. Okay, so uh, here's a little side note. 
uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have to point out there is one glaring, glaring omission on our list or from our lists that we felt like just deserved sort of the Lifetime Achievement Award of awesomeness <laughs> and being old all combined into one. And that is, of course, Betty White. Woo! Yeah. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> we love you, Betty. So that is our top five. Meat and potatoes. Mm, make me hungry. <laughs> so we have told you about these great actors and actresses that are over 65. So let's let's wrap it back around and talk about retirement. What does it mean to retire? It really used to be to disappear. I'm picturing, I don't know if a lot of you saw this movie, North, or even there was an episode of Dinosaurs, and it was all about how someone has met an age of retirement, an age of your old. In North, it was the Eskimo culture, and so they actually put them on a recliner and on a block of ice and sent them off because they're old and they're done with them. And dinosaurs, it was they took them to the tar pit and grandmother was left there because, you know, she was old and they had nothing to do with her. That's kind of morbid. <laughs> that's kind of some dark stuff there, Katie. It is, and that's not what we do now. We no. do not take our old people out to the, the, the woods and, and send them on their way. No. Could you imagine all these great people we've listed if they you know, have hit this age and we're like, okay, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Which, I mean, nowadays, really retirement per se is the opportunity for a new phase of life, whether you're traveling or starting a new career. And so when we're talking about saving for retirement, it's something to look forward to. It's really your next act which I think there was a Queen Latifah movie about like my next act or something like that. And to be full disclosure, now it is 67 for Social Security for those born 1960 and later. So yes. that 65 number really isn't well, into play for us born 1960 and later. I mean, I think you've got a lot of people that have harped on the fact that, hey, we set this 65 age back when people were dying before 65. Maybe we ought to kick it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, been able to kick it out a little bit. So, you know. Moving towards 70, but... Uh, <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> so great visual for everyone. Retirement used to be a three-legged stool. So for some reason in my mind, I've got this cute little three-legged stool that a kid would sit on. Um, one leg of it was pension. It was that guaranteed money, which we know nowadays, pensions really don't exist. There's a lot of companies that don't even do this at all. The other leg was Social Security, which was really a supplement, just an additional part. And then the last leg was your personal retirement savings. So that's picture that and then knowing that really one of the legs have been kicked out. So you've just got two that you're balancing on. Social Security was never meant to be your full income. It really was meant to be just one portion of your stool. So back in the day, it was fear of making it to retirement. Now it's fear of actually outliving your money. Mm. Oh, that's scary. So we want you to keep that in mind while we're talking about this, because in this episode, we want to talk about the biggest mistakes made with retirement planning. During this, we are mainly talking about your 401k plans, but you may also know them as 403b, IRAs. They're not all the same. They're all created differently, um, but it's something to look at as they are a form of your retirement savings. So mistake number one not contributing, and not participating. We talked about this a good bit last time. It's when you are offered an opportunity. So let, let's let's take for this example that you are working in a place and they are offering you a 401k. Mm -hmm. So what should you do? 
Uh, well, I mean, I think I think the whole point of this bullet is uh, it, it's bad to not contribute. So I'm going to go with um, what is contribute, <laughs> Alex. Yes, you should participate, mm. which, you know, it's one of those scenarios. You're never too young or you're never too old. It is never too late or too early to start thinking about your retirement, really to start thinking about your next act because you've got that fear of outliving your money. So pay me now or pay me later, you decide. Because I think, you know, Court and I were talking earlier and it's like, well, what if someone's down on their luck and they think, oh, I don't want to participate to a 401k right now. I'm trying to build up money or I'm trying to do this. Well, really think about it and start trying to build it into your budget and see if this is something because this is so important. Think of that three-legged stool. You don't have, more than likely, unless you're a lucky person who does have a pension, more than likely you are balancing on two acts and you cannot count that Social Security is going to be your income when you retire. Realistically, folks, I think it's important to point out that uh, we understand um, that there are a lot of people out there that need money now and they don't want to, to give up part of their paycheck now for what may never come down the road. They're looking down the road 2040. 50 years even now and thinking to themselves I'm I'm that's that's way off and I may never even get there. I may not ever even be able to retire. I need to live right now. So we understand that. Yes. We understand that frame of mind. Believe me, I understand it. Um but remember what we're trying to do here is sort of give you some tools for uh, sort of a fiscal responsibility and kind of give you the the big picture to make sure you're you're you are seeing the forest and the trees both. Yeah. I think we're all too focused on today and the next couple of months and we don't think about the outcome. Well, you don't think about down the road and that's why I think a lot of employers if they do offer a 401k plan, they've shifted to now instead of you have to opt in to be a part of the plan, you now actually have to opt out. Because they've seen more success with, it's. I mean, you see it all the time with like, oh, okay, well, you got to opt out of those annoying emails. They're putting the ball in your court. You have to decide, do you not want to do this plan? So that's helped a lot with getting people. So hopefully, if you're on the fence, your company's already determined, oh, nope, you are going to be a part of this. Because it is such important. It's so important. A lot of people sit there and think about retirement. Oh, I'm just going to win the lottery. And they really bank on hopefully one day getting a lottery ticket. I mean, I don't. I think I think a lot of people probably just assume that they're probably going to work until they die. I mean, for a long time, I've always just assumed that I'm probably not going to retire until I die. So, you know, it's just it's just a question of when am I going to die? That's when my retirement age will be. Yeah, um, we we don't have that nice little barcode on the bottom of our foot that tells us, no, hey, this is your expiration date. This is your expiration date, date right? <laughs> that would be really nice, and it would make. Our business of financial planning, so much easier if we knew exactly what day you were going to drop dead. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a defeatist attitude to sort of say, you know, well, I'm probably just never going to be able to retire. So we're here to tell you to buck up, camper. And buck up, buttercup. <laughs> try, and try, try, try and be a little bit more positive and, and understand that the earlier you start putting away savings for retirement, the, the more it will grow and the more chance you will have to actually enjoy some of those later years and maybe not work until you've got both feet in the grave. Yeah, it really is a discipline saving and it really helps your future self. Now, I do want to point out, we talked about that there are 401ks, IRAs, and 403bs, all of those. And, you know, later podcasts, we're really going to dive into a lot of those deeper. But if you do happen to work at a place and they don't offer you a 401k, that kind of doesn't give you the free pass of saying like, oh, well, they don't offer it. So I don't need to do, I don't need to save for retirement. 
there are other options and that's where you can talk to a financial advisor, talk to a financial firm and they could help you set up a retirement account because this is something, if your company is not going to offer it, you need to explore other options and see how you can keep saving for retirement. Mm-hmm. So that that's mistake number one, that you don't participate. Mistake number two, you do not defer enough. Means you don't put enough money towards it. And that's a problem. So, okay, say, say that your company has already auto set you up and they've already figured out, you know, they just set something in there that you're going to give 2%. Well, you may have been set that, but you need to figure out, okay, does this meet my goals? Is this exactly what I need to do? It, you know, if I'm going to have my second act and I'm going to go be a cruise line director, does this fit with the money I need? And that's where... Something that Court and I are working on right now, we are trying to become certified financial planners. And that's where you guys could come to us and tell us your hopes, your wishes, your dreams. And one of the hardest questions we ask people is not how much do you make, how much is in your savings account. It's what do you want to do when you retire? What are your dreams? That's a hard question for people to answer because like Court said, most people are thinking, I don't think I'm going to be able to ever retire. I don't think I'm ever going to be in the position to have to think about spending money because I've retired and I've got extra money. So that's something I kind of want you to think in the back of your mind while you're thinking about deferring this money is what's your plan? What are you going to do? Not saving is a huge miss and it's really important that you maximize the match. The the thing is, when we talk about not putting away enough, you should be focused on, well, what is enough? Well, obviously, if you can afford to put away 50% of your salary, then great, that's enough. You know, assuming 50% is, is some number, I don't know. But, <laughs> well, you know, realistically, how much can you put away and what is really the minimum amount you should be trying to put away? So don't think of it in terms of what is enough, but really think of it in, think of it in terms of, okay, can I get to at least the minimum amount I should be putting away? And what is that minimum? Amount. Yeah. Typically people put around 10% of earnings each year towards retirement. But again, every case is different and that's where it's having that active plan. So specifically with trying to figure out how much to put aside, if you are lucky enough to be at a company that has a matching plan, that is where they will match. Not only do they have, do they offer a 401k, but they also offer to match. Then that is a great place and you need to take advantage of what they're offering you. Mm-hmm. So what it breaks down to is if an employer is willing to do a matching contribution, you must you must strive to reach that or at least get as close as possible because if not, you are leaving money on the table. That is how you look at it. I didn't really fully understand this until um, you know David Pickler was explaining it. When an employer offers you a maxing a match, then they build that into their budget. They build that into their compensation. So they are expecting everybody to take full advantage of that 4% they're going to match. And so if you don't take advantage of that, you literally are leaving money on the table and say, come a couple years later, when you're wanting a raise or something like that, they may go, well, are you taking advantage of the match? Because that's something to think about. One thing that we should do just because we've said match a lot here, and I'm not sure that we've made it really clear what exactly we mean by match. What we're talking about is 
you're going to take a portion of your check and put it into your 401k that is that is sponsored by your company. So before you ever have taxes taken out or after you have taxes taken out, if it's a Roth, you're going to take a portion of your check and you're going to say, I want this much of my paycheck on a weekly basis or a bi-monthly basis or whatever taken out of my check and put it in my 401k. When we're talking about a match, we're talking about a company that has basically said, okay... For every dollar that you take out of your paycheck and put into this 401k, we'll put 50 cents in there, too. And that way, you'll be we're matching 50 cents to every dollar that you put in. Or we're matching every dollar to, that you put in up until you've put in, you know, some portion, of some, some maximum portion of your salary. That's what we mean when we say match. And when she says maximize the match, we're talking about basically if they say we will match every dollar that you put in dollar for dollar up until 5% of your salary, then you need to be trying, you need to be striving to be putting in 5% of your salary on a, on a yearly basis because that's what your employer will match. And, and that's the money, that's extra money that's growing for you and going to grow and build. And if you're fortunate enough to really be at a great company that author, offers a Roth, then that free money from your employer being matched, it, it will probably grow in traditional because that's how most employer ma matches work. But you could have your money growing as Roth. So you've got free money from your employee. Your money is growing tax-free. I mean, who doesn't like free? Mm -hmm. That yeah. is perfect. And if you don't know what we're talking about when we say Roth versus traditional, you obviously missed an episode. We just covered <laughs> that in the last episode, including all of the, the different tax treatment, treatments and so forth. So... Um, uh, go back and listen. Yep. It's really a balancing act. And I hope with all of our episodes, you get that it is, it's making sure you look at everything. And when you're looking at your finances and you're working on your budget, don't forget about your retirement account because it is a huge part of it. But with this, with the contributions, it's something that can change over time and it should change as your salary increases. But if you're having rough times, then yeah, if you have to drop down the contributions a little bit, do that. But remember when times get better to go back and bump it up because your future self will really thank you. If you get your if you get your pay cut, you can cut your contribution. But on the other hand, if you get a if you get a raise, then before you've ever gotten that first paycheck after your raise, go ahead and go in and change the amount that you have withheld. That way you'll never you'll never know you'll, you you won't feel it so much. You got this raise, and when you get your first paycheck, you'll be like, "Wow, I got more money!" And it won't you won't feel the fact that you've you've taken a little bit more out yeah. to put into that four hundred one k. Absolutely. Okay, that is mistake two. Mistake three: that you don't invest aggressive enough. So that's something that you've put this money in here. You're putting this money aside, but there are different options of how you can allocate. So how you can pick where you want this money to go and how it's going to perform for you. How is it going to grow? So I stress again, if you were auto-enrolled and they auto-picked the amount for you, they may have auto-picked how this money was going to be allocated for you. And that might not be in line with what you're doing. If you're fairly young, they may have stuck you in what they call a money market fund. That's pretty much sitting in cash and that's not going to grow as aggressively as say several different kind of mutual funds that they may offer that will get you a little bit more performance. And yes, yes, yes. You may be thinking, well, that's my retirement money. I don't want to play in the stock market. Okay. You know, what is the whole, the phrase, no harm, no foul, or like you don't play, you don't get results. There's some, there's tons of phrases like that, but it's like, if you don't get in the game, then you can't participate from the fun. 
I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm, cr- That's I'm so crazy. inspirational, Katie. <laughs> Saying phrases that are not right. I'm ready right. to bust through a wall with my football team. Here we go. <laughs> it's one of those that if you, yes, the stock market fluctuates a lot, but it's, don't be scared if it fits with your plan and if it's the best for you to be a part of the market with this retirement money because as it fluctuates, yes, it also could potentially bring you a lot of great returns. Here's just an example uh, of, of a personal example. We just recently um, shifted around our 401k and um so the the company that our that our 401k funds went into automatically assigned us to just one of their standard funds. And the assignment that they made was based on our our age basically. Mm-hmm. So they put Katie and I into as you might imagine uh very different funds because I am older and they were like, "Well, you're older. You need to be more conservative." So uh they had me in a more conservative fund. They just auto assigned it to me because they were like, "Boink, you're old. You need to be less aggressive." So you gotta you gotta watch out for those things. If you're if you're just if you're if you're expecting them to do all of this for you, then they're going to they're going to be conservative. They're gonna they're gonna basically take your age and maybe your income. Who knows exactly how they decide it? But I know yeah, it was based on formulas. my age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know, I know that they took my age in consideration because I could not change their auto assignment because they were like, no, you're, you're this old. This is where you go. So I had to go in and manually, uh, manually invest the stuff that I had in there because they, they wouldn't let me do it any other way. Yeah. I mean, in this, a lot of time it goes with risk and I know we're going to do a whole episode about risk and all of that, but how you decide, you, you, you know, you've done step one, you've gotten that you're going to participate. You've done step two, you're contributing and you figured out what that needs to be. Now, step three, you got to make sure that money's working for you the best way possible. So you don't have to worry about that risk of outliving your money. And that's where you do find a financial partner to help you look at this. Because I will tell you of the two years that I've been working at Pickler Wealth Advisors and, you know, looking at financial plans and stuff, there are so many different 401k companies out there and they all have different managers and they all have different funds and different options for people. And so it's confusing sometimes for us to keep straight, you know, who's offering who. So that's where it's okay to get an outside source to help you figure out what's going to be best for you in your overall plan. But I mean, you've got to remember that step. It's so important. Okay, this next mistake kind of wraps beautifully into number three. Don't overtrade your account. So yes, we talked about you need to make sure you're allocated to the right spot. You need to make sure this money is working for you. But you've got to look at this as a marathon, not a sprint. And a fun fact, everybody, Court, didn't you run a marathon? I did. I ran a couple of marathons. I couldn't run 10 feet right now if you paid me. Uh, <laughs> yes, you could. The last year has had a negative impact on me overall. But uh, yeah, I used to I used to run. I used to love running. I even ran in New York one time. So uh, uh, fun thing. But, um, you know, this, this, is, this is very much sort of the same thing in terms of length, for sure. You know, we're not talking about uh, reacting to every single market blip because this is not something where a, a, a market blip or even a, a market fall or a market tumble 
is going to necessarily kill you and your retirement if your retirement is still 26.2 miles away or yeah. 20, you know, 20 years away. Mm-hmm. You, you, markets go down, markets drop, markets come back up, markets recover. So, you know, every time the market sneezes, you don't need to go in there <laughs> and shift your investments around. That's not that's not really the way to treat this. You yeah, because what happens then is people freak out and they may go in and quickly change their allocations and then... It's all about trying to figure out how do you, when do you go back? How do you go back? What do you do? And you really look at this as it's a long stretch. This is your money. You don't want to make a short-term decision that really is going to affect your long-term game. Now, there may be instances, I know 2020 was crazy, and we actually did have a lot of our clients, you know, it was decided that we should move them a lot more conservative because of uncertainty. That was a uh, exception, not the rule. And that was something that you figure out, does it work with your plan, advise people what to do, and then get them back in. So we really try not to say, watch it like a hawk, check on it, give it a little bit of TLC, take care of it, but do not freak out if your account drops a little bit. It's going to fluctuate. But now if you are about to retire in a month, that's where we were talking about before, getting real conservative. That's where you want to make sure you're protecting your money because... It's going to happen. Well, that's You're when gonna... age-based low-risk tolerance slash age-based conservative investments actually makes sense. If if I'm if I'm 69 and I plan on retiring when I'm 70, is that the song? When I'm 64. 64. Oh well, I'm changing to 69. Everybody, sorry. Uh, <laughs> You know, but um, 70 or 71 or 72, when you're when you're in that stage of your game, you're you're really looking to to protect those assets more than you, you know, more than you were earlier in your life. And so at that point, sure, you want to you want to go conservative. You may be looking to just maintain or, you know, these these funds, you don't draw them all out the second you retire. They stay in there. They stay invested after you retire. Mm-hmm. So then you're really looking to maintain or protect your you, after you've retired with, with whatever you're leaving in there which that you haven't withdrawn yet. You really are looking to continue to protect that. Absolutely. At that point, sure, go conservative. But even then, you don't need to go in every day and, and you know... Oh, the market dropped 400 points. I've got to go in and change my investment. No, just put it in something when you're 72, 73. Put it in something conservative. Leave it. Absolutely. Okay, our next mistake. Don't dip into your plan. Don't get greedy and dip into your plan because you made a mistake now. There are so many people who see their 401k money and go, Oh, I got in credit card debt over Christmas. I'm just going to borrow from my retirement account and get out of this credit card debt. Y'all, this is not a great plan because what you do every time you pull some of this money out, not only are you going to have a penalty, you're going to have a 10% penalty taken out if you take it out before 59 and a half. So ouch, that's going to hurt. But the money you take out then is going to forever haunt your retirement plan. It is going to be with you. It's going to be really hard to try and think about even catching up from that. And it's going to be, okay, well, I was 30 and needed this money, so I did this. And then when you hit 65, 70, whatever age you're going to retire, you're going to be like, dang, I really wish I hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing you can do. There, we Technology has not gotten to the point where we can actually go back and beat up our old selves. I mean, that'd be awesome if we could. But we haven't gotten to that yet. 
So that's a big thing. Just don't do it. Don't dip into your plan. I was uh, the other night. I was watching what was that? That recently that Will Smith movie. I think it's like Gem- Gemini. Gemini Man. Gemini Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Where he's like an assassin and he's old and he's he's the best assassin around. And then his young self comes and oh, tries to yeah. kill him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. Just- yeah. I mean, it's retirement money is so important. It is not your emergency fund. Uh, the only cases where it's would be somewhat okay to pull it out is if you were trying to avoid bankruptcy or foreclosure. But with all of this, it's you got to have a plan. You've got to figure it out and make this your absolute last resort if you are going to actually get into your 401k plan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, um, just don't touch it. Just yeah. one of the things that drives me the craziest is we've had. Uh, I have known people in the past that, and this this will sort of roll right into uh, right into our next and final mistake as well. But I have known people in the past that when they left their job uh, and moved to a new job or were changing whatever, they just cleared their four hundred one k out and used it as a little party. They were just like, "Hey, I got this money. I'm just gonna withdraw this and spend it." Yeehaw! And I'm like, that's the craziest thing you could ever possibly do. Why on earth would you do that? But some people do. Don't do that. But I mean, that's what court's saying. The last one of our mistakes is don't forget it. Your 401k loves you. It's a part of you. Don't leave it behind. Sort of the opposite of remembering (laughs) and withdrawing it all. You know, like going like, hey, this is my 401k. I'm going to take it out and spend it all. On the other hand, last mistake, don't forget and just leave it there and forget that you had it. Yeah. If you work somewhere, even if you were only there for a little bit of time and you were contributing to a 401k, that's your money. And so it's something that, yeah, you may think, oh, well, it's just $1,000 or, you know, $10,000, whatever it may be. It add it adds up, and it's something that when you leave those places, even if you're sitting here listening and going, "Hmm, wonder if I from that job I had in college that I contributed, wonder if that's still around." Talk to a financial person. We can probably track it down and see if there's still something there that you could roll over because that's your money. Now there is stipulation sometimes with companies that if you haven't been there a certain period of time, you may not get all the matching money. Matching money. Yes. All of the matching yes. money. Your money you get, but it could be if you hadn't been there a certain amount of time, you may not get all of the matching. Right. Uh, it's very important for you to understand that the stuff that goes into your retirement savings, into your 401k, that money is money that you earned and you either paid taxes on it or you deferred those taxes, but it is money that you earned. It is your money. They don't get to keep that. You don't get, you don't have to vest in the money that you put aside. The only time that they might be able to take that money back is if you, if you had matching funds put into your 401k and you left before some sort of uh, minimum amount of time after they matched your funds. But the money that you put away is yours. So don't just forget about it. Don't you forget about me. (laughs) That's a great song. (gasps) Ladies and gentlemen, Court's got a bonus snug today. (laughs) I do. I've got a little nugget, a little nugget of wisdom, a little bonus nug. Uh, it's not It's not on our official list, but let me tell you, people, uh, keep in mind that you need to designate a beneficiary. When you, when you establish a 401k, when you establish an IRA, you need to designate a beneficiary. Because if you don't, even if you have, and this is my lawyerly stuff, even if you have a full estate plan with a trust and a will and all of these other things that you think you're all taken care of, 401k 
is not distributed according to your will if something happens to you. Should you pass away, any money that's left in your 401k is distributed based on who you told them to give the money to. Who And by them, I mean the 401k company. <laughs> so if you don't tell them who to give the money to, they just give it to your estate. And that does not that is not necessarily the result that you want. It's much easier if that money is just given to a person, you know, directly because you designated that person. If you can avoid getting the court involved, that's always preferable. So be sure you designate a beneficiary. And keep in mind that you should also check and make sure that you still want that beneficiary to... Yeah, I was about to say, uh, if you uh, divorced or anything like that, you may want to make sure silly ex-husband is no longer a beneficiary or Mm. whatever it may be. Um, Mm. I mean, if you do get married, maybe you like your husband, then put him as the beneficiary. Yeah, sure. whatever, Whatever floats your boat. But just make sure that something is in there because, again... If you don't designate anyone, then they just they they just turn the money over to your estate. And the only way your estate can actually use that money is by going to the court and um, and opening up a probate. That's getting a little bit wordy for you. So just you you don't want to go to court. You don't want that money to go to your estate. You want that money to go to uh, a beneficiary. Absolutely. So what all these mistakes should tell you is that you are in control. When it was pensions, and that was the major part of this, it was the companies that were really in control. of. But now you have the power. you got the power. You can determine. By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> you can determine your plan. You can figure out if you're participating, all of this. And so, Court, before I get off a tangent, because I feel like it's coming, let's bullseye this up. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, There are six things that you need to avoid. I'm giving you three. First, first thing you avoid is not contributing. So in other words, make sure you contribute. If you have a retirement plan available to you to contribute to, then make sure you're contributing. Number two, people don't defer enough. They don't contribute enough. They're not putting enough away. Make sure you're putting some money away and make sure it's as much as you can afford Uh, especially if you have some sort of employer match that you can take advantage of. And number three, people are not aggressive enough. They're worried. They watch the market. They see the market. Aggressive. (laughs) Be, be aggressive. They watch the market jumping up and down and they're, they're want to go in there and, and change their investments around and, you know, make them, make them more conservative because they're afraid about their, no, you need to make sure that your, that your risk level matches where you are in life, how close you are to retirement. So don't be overly conservative just because you're afraid of a, a little blip in the market. Right. I mean, that's so in line with number four, which is don't overtrade your accounts. Don't watch it like a hawk. You know, take care of it, but, you know, let it do what it's got to do. Number five mistake would be don't dip in your plan. Just keep your hands off of it. Know that your future self will thank you. Don't do things in the short term that are really going to, you're going to regret it. Number six, don't leave it behind. All of these plans matter. All of this money makes a difference. So make sure you take it with you. And then the last little bonus nugget that a court gave us. Bonus nug. <laughs> make sure that you've got your beneficiaries in line. And if you, as life changes, if you need to update this, make sure you do it. But uh, just at the end of it all, you are in control of this money and you've got to look at it as the long term of what it's going to do for you and dream about if you're going to start a new career when you retire, if you're going to be like the Golden Girls hanging around, having fun. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Bullseye! Whoops. 
Katie, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another Bullcast podcast. If you've listened all the way through and you liked what you've heard, then please, if you haven't already, feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and subscribe to this mother. You know what I'm saying? That's Bullcast Podcast. Okay. Also, you can check us out on Instagram. We've got an Instagram handle that's at Bullcast Podcast. You can check out our pictures. They're great. No, they're not. Anyway, <laughs> you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is at uh, Bullcast Podcast. It's really simple. I think you're probably noticing a theme at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to find out more about me and Katie and maybe send us a comment, I don't know, suggest an episode topic or something like that, you can check out our website. Guess what that website is? It's BullcastPodcast.com. Mm. And finally, we mention occasionally that we work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. If you'd like to find out more about where we work, might find out more about our boss, David Pickler, or more about our amazing team, you can check out Pickler Wealth Advisors' website at PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. Advisors with an O? Not an E. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything that you need to be successful in life. Now go forth, be merry, and for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And I'm Cameron. If you need me, I'll be on the red carpet with David Pickler, Goldie Hawn, and Kurt Russell. Ugh. Hey, love you. We out. Thank you.